Hello, and welcome to Danley and Friends. I'm your host, Ryan Danley. On this podcast, I seek to spread joy by connecting you with my friends and other people who are doing positive things in their community and in the world at large. I also seek to spread connection through encouraging open dialogue, having difficult conversations, and exploring new ideas and concepts. Welcome to the most relaxed episode of Danley and Friends that's probably ever occurred and probably will occur because we are super chill in the Mile High City, a little bit outside of it, in Parker, Colorado, visiting our homies, the Houstons, after a beautiful wedding in Breckenridge with the Baldies. So now I got my man Dexter Growler. If you don't know, he's a little French bulldog kicking in next to me. And I'm hanging with my wife, my travel partner. Say what's up, wife. Hello. (laughs) Hello again. Hello again. Hello again. Let's talk about this 21-hour drive and why we drove 21 hours across almost the entire United States of America, like most of the middle, you know? Why did we drive 21 hours across the U.S. from Columbus, Ohio to St. Louis, Missouri to Kansas City, Kansas slash Topeka, Kansas to Parker, Colorado to Breckenridge, Colorado? To see my best friends in second grade get married. Who's your best friends in second grade? Courtney Barnett, now Baldy, and hometown friend, as well as a butler friend who married another butler friend. So how could we not make the trek for that? So you've been hanging out with Courtney since like forever, since like second grade, down in Centerville, Indiana, where you guys have like the state fair and stuff like that. I know we talked to <laughs> Jeremy about, you know, him coming from St. Louis and, uh, you know, meeting the small town girl and getting his first Carhartt. You know, what was life like for you and Courtney growing up in the Ville? What kind of stuff did you do? And we were actually talking about how we used to like go to each other's places like during the week. So she would come like in town to play at my grandma's house and we used to go out to her house um, to play at her house that had like more of a property to it and we would have just like little um, I want to say like little like playhouses scattered around her property but otherwise you know in Richmond we used to not do too much drive around hang out go walk around Walmart (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, uh, if you don't know, Center was a one-and-a-half stoplight town. One of them blinks. So we graduated with 116 people. So, um, but no, Courtney actually went to, she went to a school in Wyoming for one semester, and I did go out there to visit her. That was a fun trip. But yeah, we've just, like, stayed in contact in one way or the other since second grade, and it's a friendship that, like, no matter when you guys catch up it's always just like been a really good friendship with her so no we turned a wedding trip into a little bit of a just a trip for us as well um but some of that was for forced reasons of making sure that we were traveling in like the safest and healthiest way for us as well yeah it's been tough um 
trying to figure out travel plans with the wheel life. And it's just a little bit easier when we can drive in our own car. And I know we flew to Mexico for uh, my buddy Clark's wedding. And it was dope. It was like a really cool experience. But it was also like very emotional in a lot of ways. Like trying to make sure that we had everything that we need because there's so many supplies and everything like that. And uh, we just need a lot more things and uh, a lot more time to get places. It takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying to like plan for the unknown of what if you do need to like stay two days later someplace if like a flight's over delayed or like do you have enough supplies with you for that? Right. Yeah, with like medical supplies. I mean, we had to get some mailed here because, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't sure how it was going to go and just being out like, you know, using more, using the bathroom more often um, just to make sure that I don't have any accidents and stuff and you still can't avoid it like completely. And also so. being aware of the elevation change and trying to stay more hydrated, like taking account that we could tell that we were using more quickly. So trying to plan ahead so that we had it before. Um, but being able for all of that to like work out so we can not worry about that going home. Yeah. So that's been a thing. I know we kind of diverted there a little bit from the original of uh, you know, talking about you getting to know Courtney and just growing mm-hmm. up together and stuff like that. It's kind of wild that you guys ended up going to college together, you know? Like, that's kind of rare um, that you stayed friends for so long. What do you think it's been that's uh, kept you guys so close? I think it's, I don't know, just like a connection of like a non-judgmental like friendship we've always had of just like feeling like we can show up like ourselves with each other and having just old memories to joke about. But also we've grown, I would say, in similar directions along the way too. Yeah, I think that's a thing too, because, you know, when you grow up, there's like the proximity thing and you have experiences together and stuff like that. But as you get older, you kind of get into yourself a little bit more. And I think it's cool when you still align with people who've been in your life for a long time. And uh, you know, speaking of that, I think it's cool, like in terms of our life, we're at the Houstons right now and there are more recent friends, but uh, I feel like we align with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's been like super cool. I agree. I'm glad that we were able to like come see their new place out here and see them adjusting to an atmosphere that I think they really thrive in. Yeah, I think that's dope. And it's just a neat environment, like being out in the mountains and the air and stuff. I will say it sucks in a wheelchair, though. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a, a power chair out here. Um, because everywhere we go, you know, it's hills and stuff like that. And so it's been um, a little bit of a shoulder workout. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be ripped. People are going to know who I am. It's going to be crazy. So, <laughs> no, but it's been cool, though, because um, everyone's been so accommodating. And I think that's uh, something that makes it beautiful. It makes it a little bit easier, I think, on us because it is stressful, you know, being away from home base because we built such a comfortable life around the things that we have to do you know mm-hmm. have like a routine in our own space but trying to figure out how to problem solve in different spaces but also realizing that you can do it though you can it just takes a little bit more planning a little bit more. And i know uh, you know like hotel rooms 
they'll say they're handicap accessible, but you get there and it's like, ah, not really. Like they have, you know, a bathroom and like maybe a wheelchair can fit in it and maybe the bed's a little bit lower. But um, I know you've had to go out of your way to advocate for us. And I think that that's been a place that I've seen a lot of growth in you um, in terms of you know, confidence and just feeling comfortable, just negotiating things. Because I know we had a situation on the way here where, you know, we got to the room and it wasn't quite handicap accessible. And so we had to get the room changed and you, you know, made sure that we had uh, similar accommodations on the way back since we're staying at the same hotels. So I think that's been really cool. Uh, can you talk about how that experience has been for you? Because I know it's been something that you've had to do is, you know, talk to people and plan things ahead more and how that's been. It's been something that was uncomfortable for me before, like would put me outside of my comfort zone, but I don't think about it as much now. And I don't know, when we got into that room, I don't know, I didn't even think about us just going down and like trying to see if there was a better alternative for us. But I think it's also in how you approach it of going down and still being not judgmental or like attacking of the person because I always know that it's, they may not have every room memorized of like which ones are handicap accessible. Um, and I feel like majority of the time you end up finding out that that person themselves has a family experience that they've helped either a grandparent that's been in a wheelchair or they themselves has a family member that is like going through something similar. Um, and you can always tell when that's the case because they're always making sure that they make it work somehow. Yeah. Um, a good example is the the pizza place we went to in Breckenridge. Um, what is the name of it? Pecan. Piante or Piante? like, I don't know, something like that. Um, we got there and it was quite an adventure for us to even just find where the restaurant was. We were trying to find where the elevator were, like went to. We found a sign that pointed to an elevator and we find our way down to it and there's no elevator that it's pointing to. So we ask a gentleman that's a, a waiter at another restaurant and he pulls this just like black door that's by the elevator sign. And I was like, I would not have chosen to pull that for the elevator. So we go down this ramp and find this elevator. We get upstairs. Well, first of all, the ramp had like a ladder in the yeah. way and like the cans, yeah, like recycling can. cans, like trash, yeah. So we get up, we go up one floor, and then the elevator opens like into a different restaurant that we're not trying to go to. And then we get to another floor, we get out, and we are on the opposite side of the structure we need to get to, and it doesn't connect to go over. So we go back down and go over, and they have a chairlift, but no one at the restaurant knows where the keys are and have operated it before. Yeah, it's like a brand new lift, and so, the owner's really nice and like they did this because they want people to be able to get into the restaurant. And um, I mean, at least that's what it seemed. I'm sure it's a liability thing too. But uh, you know, they were really like accommodating, but they didn't know where the key was. They didn't know who had it, what color it was, how to operate the thing. And so we're outside and uh, we get the thing kind of opened and um, the lady came outside and she's like, oh, I don't know what key it is. I don't know what key it is. So they're trying keys and they're pressing buttons and there's a crowd of people gathering, like, do you guys need help? Like, what can I do? And uh, how long did it take us to get in there? I think it was probably close to like 40 minutes, probably before it was all said and done. Yeah. Because it was an on back and forth of 
whether or not we thought we could get in or not because they found the key and then we got one part to work but not the rest of it to work um but it was just kind of hard of trying to figure out when to walk away and like and find someplace else to eat um and trying to navigate not being able to go like where your friends want to go yeah like managing your emotions through the situation and all that's just kind of tough um, I definitely cried after it, so it's okay to get emotional in public sometimes. Yeah, it's cool, and you know, we eventually got me in, and um, on the way out, it was a, a different experience because uh, the guy who had figured out how to use the lift had left, and so we tried to get me on there, and there's, again, a crowd of people gathering, about 15, 20 people, like, you guys need help, what can we do? And, uh, you know, another maybe 15-minute experience, we didn't do the uh, whole 40 minute again. We were like, screw this. Um, and then just had people pick me up and they just grabbed a quarter of my wheelchair and carried me down the stairs. And uh, Kelsey was directing them, making sure that they didn't drop me. And so it's just stuff like that, that you have to get used to um, going into places and you know, your friends like, oh, let's go here, let's go there. Like we can't really bounce around uh, as easy anymore, which is a little bit tough, but uh, you know, we plan ahead and we make things work. Mm-hmm. What about navigating, like, when people do want to offer us help? Because it is hard when someone can come out and just be like, hey, like, I can, like, I'm a strong guy. Like, I can help you guys get in. But we have to think through, like, I don't know this person. I don't know if they've been drinking. I don't know if they've had experience trying to do this before. Do they understand that you don't have as much chest support as someone else that they may know that's in a wheelchair um like we were uh in michigan and there's a guy who tried to help us and he was pushing my wheelchair kind of like a cart like you would like a luggage cart and like trying to just you know push me as hard as he could to get over the bumps and like pop me up it's like no 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 that's that is not how it goes down i'm about to fly out of this thing Mm -hmm. and like fly forward i was thinking about one of the first weddings we went back to as well when you didn't have as much function in your left hand and someone was helping you put on a sweatshirt. Like to them, they had been drinking and was just like, yeah, like I'm helping you put on a sweatshirt. But I was concerned about, you know, making sure that your fingers had gotten through like the sleeve correctly before and they were like really jerky with it. And sometimes I don't want to get like too bossy of trying to help coordinate, but then I also feel like I get like mama bear about you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I appreciate it though, because. I don't know, it is hard because I feel like we have to balance each other out in these situations sometimes. Like, we can't both be emotional. So it's mm-hmm. like sometimes we're looking at each other and it's like, okay, who's going to be cool? <laughs> Are you good? <laughs> yeah, you good? Everything good? All right. So, but it's We always cool. figure it out, though. We do. I think it's made for um, a good experience for us, like traveling and um I think we surround ourselves with the right people. And so I think that that helps as well. Mm -hmm. With our trip, we also split it up into multiple days for reasons to make sure, you know, since one of us is driving to make sure we're not driving at nighttime or like making sure that we drive during the day. Yeah, if anything happens on the road or anything like that, we know that something will be open um, or someone will be available to help us or it'll be daylight. and so. It's just a little bit safer traveling that way. And then um, I know when we drove out here the first time from Indiana, I think I drove 18 hours straight or something. Like, it was ridiculous. I drove 
a crazy amount of time because I was okay with it. But now that we only have one person who's able to drive, we have to be a little more careful about road fatigue and stuff like that. So, but it also gives us a chance to explore new cities, which I like because I really have no reason to go to Topeka, Kansas, <laughs> you know, or mm-hmm. Kansas City. Um, so it was cool eating at restaurants in those places. And I mean, we've been to St. Louis to see friends and stuff, but never really hung out in St. Louis with no purpose. Mm-hmm. Like it's always been for a wedding or something like that. Let's talk about flying, like in general, just as a concept. Cause like <laughs> we were thinking about driving across the US and how the elevation changes and you know, you just go so far, you cover all this distance and it takes you hours and hours. Or you can hop in a metal tube and go 50,000 feet into the sky at 575 miles an hour, like 5,000 feet up from where you were, and you're just supposed to be okay. Like you're just supposed to adjust to it and just get out, get your luggage, and go on about your day. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of think, I don't know, maybe driving helped us not get altitude sickness and stuff. Yeah, it helped us kind of like slowly adjust to the change with it and slowly adjust to the time difference as well. That's been nice. I kind of taking that slow because I don't know. I'm not a morning person at all. <laughs> what? Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> oh man, you're always up like an hour before me, at least like minimum. But with that, that's been an adjustment for us of having to go to bed at the same time. Yeah, because I'm definitely a night owl, and I like to stay up till like two. But you're like. Yo, it's 10.30. <laughs> it's 10.30. It's past my bedtime. What are we doing? Sun's down. So, yeah, it's it's been an adjustment having to match sleep schedules. But I feel like we've... Shout out to Dexter. I don't know if you guys heard the growl. But <laughs> um, I feel like we've been able to compromise a little bit in terms of, you know, if I stay up late, you're like, all right, you know, I'll lay down for a little bit, set an alarm or something. Or, you know, if I need to get up early for something... I don't enjoy it, but, you know, I'll get up early and, you know, we'll go through the routine. And so that's mm-hmm. been pretty cool. And with, uh, I kind of diverted us from your flying question. But with that, you're also expected to pretty much have someone take your legs and stuff them under the plane and hope that they're all in one piece when you get there. Yeah. Um, airlines are notorious for you know, not taking care of mobility devices. But, I mean, you think about the conditions that the workers are working in, and it's not a system that's really designed, I think, to maximize the care of, you know, people's luggage. And so it's, it's more of a, a speed and efficiency thing. And when you have a, a fragile thing like a mobility device, it just doesn't really work well if they treat it the same. And so I think that that's part of the problem. But, I don't know, there's a lot of risk with... Uh, traveling with your wheelchair because if you break it unfortunately you have to go through insurance and get it approved and they're typically not uh, you know forthcoming when it comes to replacing things and so you have to go through a process and uh, you know this might be weeks before you're able to get around which is ridiculous so I don't know that's always scary so it's, a, it's always been a an exercise in risk management for us I think Mm-hmm. when it comes to traveling and everything. Do you think that you've gotten more risk-averse through this? 
Absolutely. <laughs> and I think I was a pretty like risk adverse person before, but I don't feel like I don't feel like we allow it to limit us, but we just prepare for it differently. I think that's the difference. I was pretty fly by the seat of my pants before, where you know it's like, oh, where are we going? Oh, okay, cool, let's go, whatever. And now it's like, okay, we have to think through what the location's gonna be like. Can we park? Like mm-hmm. parking has been a thing in places because there's usually two handicapped spots and they're usually taken by. You know, I don't like to judge because some people do have silent disabilities, and you know, um, I don't want to take away from that, but it is hard to see people hop out of their car and walk in the store <laughs> and I gotta park, you know, halfway down the parking lot and we gotta get my wheelchair out and go through this five minute ordeal. So Or most of the time we'll just skip having you go in and I'll just park in a normal spot so we can run in instead. Yeah. And I think that's been actually the worst part is I can't just pop in and out of stores anymore. It's like when we've been going through these towns and like we see places. Like there's just one place I don't even know the name of it, but it said Antiques and Curiosities. And I was like, the Curiosities got me curious. You know, I want to see what that's about. But we were in some small town, and I don't know what the layout was like. Like, would I be able to get in? Stuff like that. So it's just like, nope, let's not do that. Whereas before, maybe we would have run in, and if it was sketchy, we could run right out. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, oh shit, we got (laughs) to break down the wheelchair, get in the car, you know, transfer me in, set everything up. So... It's just a much different way of living, I think. Or in Breckenridge, there's a lot of shops that we saw, but there is you know, only stairs to get down to them. Or trying to figure out if there was some place that we could park or if you could get into it first or not. Yeah. And when we get in there, I feel like they always try to give us a booth for some reason. Like- yeah, they always try to put us, like four people and then just stick you on the end of a booth. I'm like, where's the leg space go- supposed to go? <laughs> or like they tried to sit us at a picnic table and just like put you on the end. And yeah. I, was like, I don't know. You know, I think a lot of people just don't know what to do. They don't know how to deal with someone in a wheelchair because, I mean, it's becoming more common, um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because, you know, kind of the rule of thumb in general is once you become disabled, you typically are. Um, and so the population is growing. Um, and so I think with that awareness is growing and I also think that with that, um, people, you know, developers and stuff will be more sensitive, um, and, you know, restaurants and stuff like that will have better setups, but I I feel like you're already seeing those changes in newer builds and newer areas. Like we have the most like success accessibility wise in like new suburbs of being able to have like a close parking garage to park at and still be able to get to things closely. For sure. Or like not having to deal with like cobblestone streets or, you know, stuff like that, like in Mexico. Yeah. Or having, you know, bathrooms to be able to get to as well. Like we went to a place for breakfast and had to go like outside of the restaurant, completely around the center of the market little square to get up around to the bathrooms. Yeah. And it was just like three stairs, but that's a little bit too big to, you know, pull the wheelchair up when we're out in public. And so mm-hmm. um, it's always a thing. But like you said, we make it work and we've had fun. Like what's been the most fun part for you since we've been here? Or would have been some of the highlights? How about that? Give me a couple of the highlights. Oh, I really just enjoyed the drive out here. Being able to split it up and not be in a rush 
and take it at our own time. And I feel like we had a lot of just good conversations on the way here too. Yeah, we'll be able to get those. I hope uh, the dash cam worked. We bought a dash cam <laughs> because uh, we thought it would just be a cool thing to have, you know, driving, you get some footage and then we'll be able to record us uh, in the car. And so hopefully we'll get some of that audio and see how it works, but it's our first time using it. And so uh, we bought a couple uh, micro SD cards so we could store that footage and it's going to take a little while to comb through it, but there's at least three conversations I want to find. And one is about when we went to the bathroom and that shirt was just hanging off the stall <laughs> <laughs> and we couldn't figure out where it came from, but oh my. yeah, that was great. What other ones? Um, I don't know. I have to find them. I, I have, uh, I think I have a list of notes I made. I'm not sure. I guess we're getting ready to do it again, so maybe we'll have some more. Yeah. I think the drive's been cool. Um, seeing something other than corn has been nice. You know, the mountains in the background and you know, the, seeing the golf course, like the Housens live uh, right next to a beautiful golf course with a bunch of, like, hills and stuff. And I don't know. It's just nice to see stuff like that. We saw Fox. There was a fox. Was a fox just <laughs> running around downtown Breckenridge. That was cool. Yeah. People were like, oh, it's just a fox. That's just the fox that runs around, I guess. So that's something you don't see in Columbus, Ohio every day. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things about the wedding was being able to have that shuttle set up for us, too. Shout out to the Baldies for, you know, how far they went to ensure that we were comfortable. Everything from transportation to, you know, our room and everything like that was great and uh we had you know they had a shuttle for us that had a lift um and the driver had years of experience working with people with disabilities and stuff and uh, he drove us up and down the mountain and it was at will you know we went there before and he waited until we were ready to leave and when we were ready to go it was ready for us to head down the mountain and uh that was just that was just really nice you know because uh they don't have to go that far out of their way to make sure that we're comfortable. But just the fact that they went that extra mile, I think, I mean, it really meant a lot to me. It helps me out a lot to feel comfortable and like how we're getting home to in an area that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. I'm feeling comfortable with it. That's another thing about traveling is you don't know what you're going to get into. You don't know what the nice and bad parts of town are and, you know, cities that you haven't been to for the most part. But I think a cool strategy, I don't know where you got it from, but you were like, uh, when we look for places to go, to stop to get food and gas, put in a Trader Joe's because they're usually in good parts of town. And so with GPS to a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods because usually not in sketchy places. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. What other road tips have you picked up that you can share with the people? I think the trash can, the car trash can. The car trash can has really been game-changing. That'll stay in the car forever now. That's going to be a permanent fixture. We got a car cooler for the first time, and that was nice to have snacks on the way out since we don't have to... Snack bag. Yeah, eat out everywhere. It's been kind of tough because we've been uh, eating mostly vegetarian, not like completely eliminating meat. Like, shout out the cheeseburger I just had. It was fire. (laughs) And the bison at the Baldy's wedding was fire. But for the most part, we've been avoiding meat. And uh, I eat a little seafood. But uh, it's hard when you're on the road. It is hard to be in 
Wichita, Kansas, and there only be an Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not serving fish anymore because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try to get the cod or whatever, the only fish sandwich they offer, and nope, they don't have it. But, I don't know, probably a good thing I didn't get a fish sandwich from a Arby's in Wichita, Kansas. But, yeah, it's been real. I think, you know, we've planned uh, to do a lot more road trips. You know, we think breaking this up has been easy for us and we def definitely recommend that to you know anyone who's traveling if you have extra considerations um break it up if you can take take a couple of days off of work if you have the ability to do that um we've been fortunate enough to do that i know not everyone can but uh if you can do it plan around some weekends you know travel on off days when people aren't traveling that made it a little bit easier too because we've been traveling on monday tuesday wednesday when people are at work Mm -hmm. And I feel like the least amount of trouble happens on a Wednesday or like a Tuesday. What do you think? I think so. I would agree with that. So I think Monday, people might freak out because it's back to work. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't take it anymore. So you might have some Monday freak outs. So I think like Tuesday, Wednesday, it's not really close to the weekend. People just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'll settle in and leave the Danleys alone on the road. Then what else happens once we get back? We'll chill. What else? Oh, it's our anniversary. <laughs> it's our four-year anniversary on August 12th. Yep. I knew that. <laughs> I did. Just wait till you see what I got you. It's on the way. What do you want to do for our anniversary? Eat some good food. Like what? Pizza? Donuts? Yes. <laughs> All the above. People are probably expecting like steak or something. I don't know. That's what anniversary know. people do. Probably lay on the couch after this adventure. I think another tip that we'll probably leave with is plan that padded day on the end to just veg out on the couch. Yes. That's been clutch. Um, it's been. Uh, a game changer in terms of growing up because we used to just get in Sunday night off the road and fire back up on Monday morning, go to work, and my brain would still be halfway where I was. But yeah, the extra day is helpful. So that's what's up. This has been the chillest episode of Danley and Friends thus far. I don't know if it'll get any more chill. Maybe it will. Who knows? That's the cool thing about this podcast is because I do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> that's what I love about it and I hope you guys appreciate it and I appreciate all of you who listen what are some parting words that you can leave the people with Kels be kind and have fun be kind and have fun I'm gonna get some t-shirts made that say that and sell them you should <laughs> I would like half of those profits <laughs> it's mine is yours Yours is mine. Peace. Bye. Bye.